0: We are on week two of our vision series. Very excited about that. Last week we talked about the first part. This week we'll talk about the middle part. Next week we'll talk about the last part. And then we'll go into our fall series called The War, Living Life on the Front Lines. You know, we're called into a battle and we need to be aware of that and know what the weapons of our warfare are and understand what's going on. So that'll be starting uh the week of the building dedication which is basically just a glorified one minute blessing with cake afterwards so that's, you know i'm happy for that Any anytime we can have cake after church life is good uh but it'll be a time to thank volunteers and those who gave to make the building addition possible and so it's going to be it's going to be good but uh uh, this week, we're in the middle of our vision series, and we have a vision statement at Good Hope Church that people actually know and put into practice. And I am hoping that we will get so bored of vision series that people will be like just explaining all the different parts of it. Like, prove to me that everybody knows it and is living it out, and then. You know, we can take a couple months off maybe and then we'll have another vision series. But, uh, you know, it's key to stay on the right track. I've heard different people say this in different ways. But, you know, the main thing is keep the main thing the main thing. And if we get distracted into different things, then we're in trouble. And so we've got our vision statement, which is reach up, rise up, reach out. We have hand motions, which I will make you do all three weeks just to see if you are willing to comply. Because it's a little bit, you know, slightly embarrassing, but it's really not that bad. For, for $5 million, would you do the hand motions? Yeah, there you go. How about to just show unity in Christ? Yeah, why not? So here we go. <laughs> so it's reach up, rise up, reach out. Let's do that together. Reach up, rise up, and reach out. Very good, very good. So last week, we covered the reach up part. And it was connect with God. We want to connect with God. An essential part of what Good Hope Church is here for is to facilitate people making a connection with God. Either first off in the in the sense of first meeting God and deciding to follow Christ. You know, asking for forgiveness and being grafted into the family, going from the outside to the inside, that first connection with God that we often refer to as getting saved. And then uh, there's the continual process of building your relationship with the Lord. And the key that we went through last week was different people are different and they connect with God in different ways. And so we have the song service, and we sing songs, and for some people, that is a powerful, wonderful way to connect with God. For other people, there are other ways to connect with God. And so, hey, if the song thing isn't your deal, please sing as loud as you can. However, you will have to find other ways to connect with God. And, you know, there's lots of different ways, and we kind of touched on that a little bit last week, but... There's things all the way from loving God through loving others, like the Mother Teresa example. Uh, there's the prayer closet people who just you know need to be alone and pray. There's people who, in the exuberant you know like uh, pep rally type experiences where there's thousands of people and all this all this uh, sensory experience, they connect with God in that environment. Understand, we're all different. But we're all made to connect with God. Find your ways that you connect with God and live that out. So I give you permission to find that. When you look at the person next to you and you think, oh, I'm not connecting with God the way they are, don't feel bad about that. You're made different. That's okay. Connect with God. Now, if you put walls up between you and God, knock the walls down and connect. But that's the reach-up part. Now, this week, we're going to talk about rise up so let's pray and we'll get into the new material this morning so heavenly father i thank you for your holy scriptures i thank you lord for your word I thank you father that you don't leave us down here to wander around do the best we can but you guide us by your spirit and you guide us by your word lord bless our time right now help us to see what you've got for us we're all fighting different battles we're in different places and we need a different touch from you and so father i pray that you would just touch each one of us with what we need this morning In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So, reach up, a real relationship with the living God is possible for you. And rise up, a real relationship with the living God will change you. Knowing God implies transformation in our life. When we connect with God, we begin to change. And that is the gospel message. That the old is gone and the new has come. That there's a transformation that happens and we want to embrace that transformation. And so rise up is in our vision statement. It's one of the three key concepts. Connect with God and then be growing in your faith. And what we're what I'm going to hammer this morning is be on a growth track in your faith be making progress, be getting better, be climbing up. That's what we want to be doing. And it's something that's really not emphasized that much in the body of Christ in our modern day is that we need to be making progress and learning and growing and developing and clawing after getting better. And so it's something that makes Good Hope a little bit unique is that we focus on rising up. Here's my provocative statement of the day. Cloquet doesn't need to hear about Jesus. Cloquet needs to be shown what Jesus can do. Amen? Everybody's heard about Jesus in our culture, the vast majority of people. They need to know what does it mean. How are you different since you know Jesus? How is this group of people different Because they're following Jesus. People don't need to hear. They need to be shown. And who's going to show them? But the followers of Jesus. The believers. And so if we're going to show them, we need to be in the transformational process. We need to be learning and growing and developing and getting stronger. And we just need to be disciples who are making progress. So today's emphasis, again, be on a growth track with your faith. Be on a growth track. And just like different people are different with connecting with God, different people are different with finding your growth track, finding the way that you need to engage in your faith so that you can be getting stronger week by week, year by year. And so find your your growth track, whatever that may be. Don't feel constrained and confined but feel empowered to find the way that you become a stronger disciple of Jesus Christ. Let me talk about a mixed message that the Christian world seems to throw out there. Uh, Have you heard that you are perfect just the way you are? Have you heard that? You know, well, doesn't that seem nice? Have you also heard that... There's a doctrine called the total depravity of man. Have you also heard that you're just a terrible, rotten monster that sins all the time and, you know, left to your own devices, all you would do is evil all the time. Have you heard that one too? We all sin thousands of times every day. All these sorts of things. So these are two very extreme versions of something. And there's a truth in there, but it's not either one of those. The whole, you know, you're perfect just the way you are. Well, why would you want to get any better then? You'd just mess that up. <laughs> you know, well, guess what? You're not perfect just the way you are, and you know that already anyway. Right? There's, there's growth opportunities. The way I like to look at it is this. Do you think I'm at my full potential? No, there's hope for me, man. There can be a more beautiful me. I mean, come on. There better be, or I'm in trouble. You know, like, I, I need to have hope that things can get better. But then if we think that it's just futile, that there's no hope, that we're just going to be mired in the ugliness of who we are and there's no way to get out of it, then why would you even try? So we're under-motivated with both of these extremes. But the truth is that you have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and so you need the blood of Christ to forgive you. You need God's help with that. But then, you need to learn and grow, and some of the things you do are good things, and some of the things you do are bad things, and you need to start making progress, and learning and growing, and God needs your help, your cooperation with that. Some people have told me, well, when God wants me to quit doing this, he'll take it away from me. What? You have to cooperate with God. Don't just blame God for your sin and then say, well, it must be his fault. He's in control. So uh, if he was going to take it away, he would. And then you just keep on doing it. Well, that's ridiculous. So, yes, we need the blood of Christ because we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But we need to cooperate with God as he grows us and develops us into who he created us to be. So, Key thing being on a growth track is we want to run in such a way as to win the prize. We're going to look in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 about the Apostle Paul as he talks about his effort in serving Christ and then his encouragement to the Corinthian church on how they should serve Christ. So let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 9 starting in verse 19, and Paul is talking about all the things that he is doing to try to spread the gospel throughout his world. Though I am free and belong to no man, I make myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. To the Jews I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To those under the law I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but I'm under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all men, so that by all possible means, I might save some. So there's a whole lot of I in there, isn't there? I don't know very many Christians who would feel comfortable using this type of terminology. I have become all things, so that... Uh, So that by all possible means, I might save some. Does Paul think he saves people? Paul thinks the gospel saves people. And he is sharing the gospel in ways that connect with various different types of groups. So he doesn't want to offend those living underneath the Mosaic Law. So he communicates the gospel in a way that isn't going to distract them onto some little detail about the Mosaic Law. He just lets that go and complies with the various rules while he's sharing the gospel in that environment. And to the, to the others, he, he, communicates in a way that they can understand to the weak. He connects with them and understands what that is so that he can reach out with the gospel to all kinds of different people. Now, this is a difficult thing, and Paul is putting forth a lot of effort to do his part to serve the Lord in the way he's been called. And then he encourages the Corinthians to do the same thing. He says, I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. Do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. So what he's saying to the church is, okay, you're you're walking your walk of faith. You're on the race. Don't aim for the participation ribbon. Aim to win. Aim to get first place. Now the Olympics just happened. You know, run in such a way as to get the prize. What if I was to say to myself, yeah, Usain Bolt, whatever. There's Mike Stevens is here. You know? Like, <laughs> and I'm gonna I'm gonna train and I'm gonna run in such a way as to get the prize. Now, what would I have to do? Would it be like you know, well, I'll sit on the couch and I'll watch some track. You know, I'll be like, well, I could run faster than that. Is that going to be sufficient to win the prize? Well, no. I'm going to have to train. I'm going to have to study body mechanics and you know uh, how physical development to try to get into the body type that might be able to run really fast. And then, of course, I'm kind of in a futile situation because I'm 47. I'm kind of past my speed prime and I never was that fast anyway. So, it's going to be difficult. But the good news about what Paul is talking about is in in the Olympics only one person wins the gold medal. In the race that we're running of faith, we can all get the prize. We can all win. But we have to go into strict training. We have to fight for it. We have to be on a growth track in order to get better. Not just be satisfied with mediocrity. But grab hold of excellence in our service to Christ. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Verse 25. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. How much effort do people put into getting a gold medal? Oh man, a gold medal is a pretty special thing. If I actually went to the Olympics and I came back with a gold medal in track and field for the 100 meters, you guys would be pretty impressed, right? You'd be like, wow, that's amazing. Is that the most important thing in life? It's not. It's not the most important thing. We run to get a crown that will last forever. We're going after something that's more important than even a gold medal in the Olympics. We're going after serving our purpose in the kingdom of God to advance God's kingdom, and it has eternal significance. Run in such a way as to get the prize. Therefore, I do not run like a man running aimlessly. So if I was the fastest person on the planet, but I always kind of curved to the left, I would not win the gold because the finish line is over there. And if, wah, you know, if I was running twice as fast as Usain Bolt, but just in a big circle, I wouldn't even meddle. Because I'd be disqualified. I'd be running aimlessly. We want to focus our efforts on the goal. We want to see where we're going and why. We want to develop ourselves emotionally, spiritually, mentally, and behaviorally in such a way that we can get the prize. And then, I do not fight like a man beating the air. This is one of my favorite little pieces of scripture. I do not fight like a man beating the air. When I uh, was running a youth center years ago, there was a kid there that wanted to get into MMA and he knew that I was a wrestler. So he said, would you teach me some wrestling? I said, well, sure, that sounds good. And so taught him some wrestling. And then one day he says, um, wrestling's great. Would you want to spar? I was like, I was like, I, I bought some gloves. I got an extra pair. You want to spar? I'm like, okay. So we... Uh, the best space we had was the church sanctuary, so we moved all the chairs off to the side, and we got a little egg timer, you know, that little ding, you know, and we set it at a minute. We thought, okay, neither one of us knew what we were doing, but we had the gloves, and we're ready to go, and, and you know, and so uh, they we set the timer for a minute, and we're like, go! So we were doing our thing, you know, and running around, you know, doing all this stuff, and, and it was ridiculous. I'm glad there was no videotape of that, because... <laughs> We're bobbing and weaving and jumping, and I don't think we got within eight feet of each other. You know, like, because, you know what happens when you stand next to somebody that's planning to hit you? They can hit you. So, So we're, you know, we're just doing that, and after a minute of that, we were both completely exhausted, and nobody was in any danger at all. And I thought in my mind, now I know what that verse means. I do not fight like a man beating the air. When you fight, if you're going to make contact, you have to step into the battle in such a way that you might take your lumps too. You have to expose yourself to potential damage. If you're going to run in such a way as to get the prize, if you're going to fight in such a way as to, as to win, you have to step in. And have you ever in your Christian life done exactly what God asked you to do, and got beat up in the middle of it. It's right here. Why should we be so surprised? If we're going to step into the battle, we've got to be prepared to take a few blows. It's how it works. And that's part of growing up, part of developing, part of understanding the spiritual battle is that we're going to take some shots from time to time. And we've got to be strong enough to make it through that so that we can get to the other side. Favorite verse. Now, what would... Well, let's jump to 2 Peter 1, 3 through 9. Do you have the tools you need to succeed? That's a good question, isn't it? Do you have the tools you need to succeed? Look at this verse. 2 Peter 1.3 His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Do you feel like you've been given everything you need for life and godliness? Or is that completely impossible and we're in the we always fail every day and we're never going to get there You've been given everything you need. That's an amazing verse. That's where faith comes in. Because I read verses like that and I think, well, no, I haven't been given everything I need. I don't understand half of what I need to understand. I don't have the strength, you know. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory And goodness. Through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises, so that through them you may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. So, here, Peter is saying we can connect with God in such a way as to participate in the divine nature, to have the Holy Spirit in us, and to walk according to the Spirit. It's an amazing, incredible thing that allows us to actually rise up and be transformed and be getting better day by day, month by month, year by year. And then Peter goes through a progression of eight things. And I love this progression. It's a soft progression. It's not, you know, like first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade. It's a soft progression as we, you know, develop in various ways, we, we get better But it is a progression. And so let's look at this progression and let's get a grasp of how it is that over the long haul, we add different characteristics to ourselves to become strong in Christ. So verse five, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness. So you have to start with faith. That's where we begin. We have faith. We're believers. It's not over yet. There's eight things. That's the first one. There's seven more. Add to your faith goodness. Who adds goodness to their faith? Make every effort. You make every effort to add to your faith goodness. It's up to you. It's your responsibility. It's my responsibility. What does goodness mean? In the Greek, it could literally be translated manliness. I was quite surprised when I looked it up and found it to say manliness. We don't usually associate goodness, you know, goody-goody and manliness. But here's what it means. It means, okay, you've got faith. You believe something. Now have the strength to do the right thing. Now have the strength to say you're sorry in the right situation. Now have the strength to volunteer for the thing you're supposed to volunteer for. Have the strength to do the right thing. Have the strength to develop your devotional routine. You've got faith? Start doing the right thing. Have that strength. And, to goodness, knowledge. So you got faith, now you're doing stuff, now you're learning stuff. Remember, Jesus says, if you hold to my teachings then you are really my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free faith with action teaches you things add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self control self control is like manliness in that it's a strength but it's not the strength to do the right thing it's the strength to not do the wrong thing because now you've developed so far you've got something to protect You've gotten somewhere. And if you just say the wrong thing, you lose it. If you do the wrong thing, you lose it. So now you have to have self-control. It's not enough to jump out and do the right thing. You know, the student, when the student does the right thing, a couple of times they get noticed. When the teacher does the wrong thing once, you're in real trouble. So then, once you've developed a little ways, you need to have the strength to not do the wrong thing. Self-control. And to self-control, perseverance. Man, we all have to learn to fight year after year. You get worn down in this life. The difficulties and the battles can wear us out. Perseverance isn't the first thing. We don't start with perseverance. We start with Faith. Then we're doing the right thing. Then we're learning. Then we're not doing the wrong thing. And now we just keep at it. And add to uh, perseverance, godliness. Godliness is more of what I thought goodness meant. It's it's a right character, a holy character. Uh, you've now developed into someone who is set apart for Christ. You've got faith. You're doing the right things. You're understanding, you're avoiding the wrong things, you're keeping at it, your character is developed now. Godly character, set aside for Christ. And to godliness, brotherly kindness, this is the phileo, brotherly love, where we're able to love one another, where we can uh, encourage each other, start being a benefit to other people. And to brotherly kindness, love. This is the agape God kind of love. Where now we can turn the other cheek. Now we can teach with perseverance and help other people. We've gotten to that place. This is an amazing progression. I, just, I did an eight week series on it one time. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. But we don't necessarily need to understand all the details of it. But we need to understand this. God's plan is for us to be growing. For us to be transforming, for us to be developing. And it takes lots of time. So we want to be on a growth track so that we can get where we're going. Now, there are areas we need to make progress in. We need to make progress with heart issues, our emotions our spiritual state. We need to grow in our heart issues because the heart will overflow. We need to grow in our understanding with head issues. We need to be able to see the truth. We need to be able to discern what's going on. And we need to grow in our lives, our behavior, our actions, how we put things into practice. These are the ways that we need to grow and we need to develop. And it's not just because God wants us to grow and develop for that simple reason that isn't it good for us to grow and develop. It's because there's things we need to do. And if we're not strong, we won't succeed. And we'll get to that next week, which is the reach out part. God has a calling for us, individually and corporately, to make a difference in this world. To take the individual, personal life change and transformation and bring that to the world so that there can be change and transformation in our world. So it can be a different place. We combat the darkness of this world with the light of Christ. But if we don't have the strength to do that, it's not going to work. We have to be personally developed. That's why we have the progression of the vision statement, reach up. Step one, connect with God. I don't care who you are, where you're at, how terrible you are, how deep in sin you are. Connect with God. He's made a way. You can come in and you can connect with the Lord through the blood of Christ. doesn't matter where you are in your life. Then you got to start getting better because there's things for you to do. And if I'm going to run the race in such a way as to get the prize, I've got to develop myself into the person who can actually do it. If I tried to run 100 meters right now as fast as I could, I'd probably fall down halfway through. You know, both hammies are gone, and uh, and I got a concussion from hitting the ground. You know what I mean? Like, it'd be rough. I have to practice and get there. Then... We can reach out. And that's a soft progression as well, because they sort of weave in and out. We're going to take communion today, because it's it's the first weekend of the month. We always take communion. And so I'm going to invite the uh, uh, individuals up to come and hand out the communion elements. At Good Hope, if you would like to take communion, feel free. If you're not in a place to do that, you can just pass. Uh, But if you're going to take communion, make it real between you and God. Make this what it's supposed to be, which is us, us remembering what Jesus has done. Jesus died on the cross. He shed his blood for the forgiveness of our sins. And his body was broken for our healing. So that we could become who we are supposed to be. And so we want to honor and remember what Jesus has done. And the, uh, the ordinance of communion has been established by Christ. Do this in remembrance of me. So that we won't forget. And we will always carry with us the knowledge of what Jesus has done. Our communion scripture, closing scripture will be Philippians 3. 12 through 14 and while they're handing out the communion elements let's read through that this is the apostle paul again talking to the church in philippi and he's talking about where we can get how far we can go you know paul was a driven person he was all about accomplishing the goal and fighting to get to that place And so he's talking about those sorts of things and where we're supposed to get to in our spiritual development. And he says, not that I have already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. So Paul is saying that Jesus had a plan for him. And so Jesus reached out and grabbed a hold of Paul. He did that on the road to Damascus in a vision, and he had a plan for Paul to be the apostle to the Gentiles, and so that was God's plan, and Paul didn't know anything about it, and he was brought into it, and so now he's saying, God has a plan for me, I'm doing everything I can to live out that plan, to grab hold of the thing that his plan was. I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Why has Christ Jesus taken hold of you? There's a reason. There's a plan. There's a purpose. It's different for different people. But find that purpose. Verse 13. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. So Paul acknowledges his failures, he acknowledges his weaknesses, he looks back and he sees things that he wish were different, and he says, Hallelujah for the gospel of Jesus Christ that breaks the sin and shame of the past off of me so that I can go forward and grab hold of what's ahead. If you're in a place where the past is holding you back from your future, understand that is what communion signifies. The forgiveness of sins and the healing that we need to move forward. It's not always my sin that holds me back. Sometimes it's somebody else's that I need to be healed from. And so there's lots of things in the past that can chain us down. But we need to break free from those things so that we can grab hold of God's glorious plan for us individually, for us as a group, for the body of Christ worldwide, and and for the whole world. We want to grab hold of God's plan. Strain towards what is ahead. Verse 14 I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Be on a growth track. That means press on toward the goal to win the prize. What greater cause could we serve than the cause of Christ? And not only is He King of kings and Lord of lords, but He is the sacrificial Lamb who has given Himself for us. He loves you And this signifies how much let's pray then we'll receive communion together after that I'll invite the prayer teams up and and invite people up for personal prayer let's just honor the Lord as we receive communion this morning let's pray Heavenly Father we thank you that you give us what we need help us to see it because sometimes we don't see it we're We are blind to your provision. Open our eyes. Lord, help us to learn to grow, to get better, to get stronger. Lord, to grow in our emotional state, in our spiritual state, in our understanding and in the lives that we live, our behavior. Lord, help us to be able to let go of the past, the things that are holding us back from our past so that we can walk into the future that you have for us. Let us strain forward to take hold of what you have taken hold of us for. So, Lord, we thank you for your gospel and for the freedom that it brings. And we remember, Lord Jesus, what you've done. This is the body of Christ which was broken for you. And this is the blood of Christ, which was shed for you. Lord, we thank you for what you've done. Lord, help us to make the most of what you've done for us by living a transformed life, by getting better, getting stronger, and growing in you. Hallelujah. I'm going to invite the prayer teams forward now. And uh, we're going to have a time of personal prayer, invite people up for personal prayer. doesn't matter what the need is, we all need prayer. If you want to start a relationship with Jesus, come up and receive prayer with the prayer teams. If you are needing physical healing, you need some direction in your life, uh, encouragement, relationship, restoration, whatever the need is, come and get Prayer. God's hand moves when his people pray. He just set it up that way. So let's, let's close in prayer and then I'll invite people up for personal prayer. So Father, I do pray that you would help us to be on a growth track. Help us to be getting better. But we want to serve you well and we know we need to add these characteristics and strengths so that we can walk in your ways and not be crushed by the battle. So Lord, give us strength and help us to walk with you. Father, I pray a blessing over each person that's in this place. I pray your peace would be in our hearts. Lord, that your joy would well up in us and overflow into our world. Lord, let it be. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.